Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the comedy club on state in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a joke festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live endless honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a joke festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegeau.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hello and welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I was going to say that. Oh, sorry. That's Natasha. I'm Moshe. We're married. We give advice. We love you. I love you. I love you too. Our marriage is perfect. It's like an endless honeymoon. It is indeed like an endless honeymoon, which is the inspiration to the title of this here, very here podcast right here. Now, Natasha, we've been doing this podcast a long time. Um, and when we first started, nobody was ever on camera. You remember those days? Yeah. It was a, what we call an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, very weird, very weird concept. It, was, it would be like a radio show instead of a YouTube channel. And as such... People could call in in full anonymity. Mm. You remember them days? Yeah. Uh, some of the mistakes were made. Seth Rogen came on the podcast, and we don't have any video evidence to support it. It might have been just a chat GPT uh, voice emulator, although this was pre-chat GPT, so odds are slim. But the weird thing was we did film that in person. That's right. That was just before the old PD, the old piddle. But as a result of going full video, full bore, full video, we have had some positives, which is that when we do the podcast and it's just our torsos and above, um, Natasha and I can fiddle with ourselves while we have our calls come in. You mm. know, remember when we did the jack off hour? <laughs> you don't remember? With DJ Easy Dick? No. Anyway, uh, but the negative is that once in a while, people who would be callers don't feel confident getting that mug on camera. Mm-hmm. So we've collected listener submitted text based email. This is like getting a letter. People need help. And we're just going to, this is what we're calling a very special episode. And we're going to do these now and again. A V-S-E of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. So it's a V-S-E-E-H-P. 
And that's the title of our episode. You sound so young, Moshe. Uh, you're, that's lit of you to say. And I appreciate that. And you got Riz, honestly. You do have Riz. Thank you. You got a lot of Riz. Which is why I'm still here. I'm still here for the Riz. I'm here for the Riz. To be honest with you, facts. That's facts right there. That's no cap. Okay. No cap. No thank, cap. Thank you. I'm wearing a cap, but this no cap. All right, my darling. Well, why don't we just jump in? I'm lightweight excited to jump in. Uh, well, can I go first? Facts. I have one right here. Yeah, facts. Okay. Hey, my closest friend and I are women in our early 30s. We met in college. She was the maid of honor in my wedding, and we are now long-distance friends, but still talk regularly. Her world has always been centered around whatever guy she's seeing at the time in college. I heard endlessly... Oh, oh, can, I, can I stop you there? That little dot right there at the end of the word time, that's a period. So that's that. I was gonna like you know smooth it out. I, I saw that. Yeah, but it's that signifies the end of the sentence. So her world was always centered around whatever guy she was seeing at the time in college. Anyway, in college, I heard endlessly about her serious high school boyfriend. Fine, they broke it off amicably, and she moved away for school. Then came the new college boyfriend who had photos, messages with other girls in his phone that she would find by snooping. This toxic relationship and how it impacted her life was really hard for me to be around and cope with as I couldn't be her friend without having to deal with the drama. That sounds annoying. Mm-hmm. I know about this. There have since been two more guys who have impacted her life so much for the last 10 years. Both relationships have ended poorly with her feeling rejected and hanging on with hope for far too long. It's been two years since her and the last guy broke it off, and mm. she is still agonizing over him. She won't delete his social media and won't block or delete his phone number. I'm so exhausted from this dynamic, but love her as a friend and want to support her when she seems to need it. But I'm finding it hard to have words or sympathy. Any advice on how to gently show her love and support, but also get the drama out of my life? Love you guys on the pod in Natasha's book. Thanks for all you do. Love no name. Yeah. I've had friends like this. Yeah, they just are living on a high octane of drama. Yeah. And I and they do this thing where is a very seductive illusion, which is that you think cuz for the first few months after a breakup, talking about it is processing and healing. Mm. But then you're a year in and you convince yourself this illusion convinces you that you're still therapeutizing and healing by continuing to talk about it but in fact what you're doing is just ripping the scab off of a wound and letting it continue to fester and never actually healing from it and it stops being therapeutic and it starts being masturbatory where you're just staying in this like agony you know two years later you're still agonizing over some dude that won't fuck you anymore that's a eh -eh. yeah what do you do about that natasha well my problem is i'm an advice giver i want to fix everything i think that everything can be fixed so I'm always trying to like sweep the problem under the rug or like figure out how can we figure out, you know, and sometimes people just want a shoulder to cry on. So, But two years later, that shoulder's wet. Right. It's and, a soggy shoulder. And you've probably given them advice. And they haven't probably taken that advice. So that's an issue too. So it might, I, I don't know, depending on the situation, there might be a time where you have to sit someone down and say, you know, I have to say it's, 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 I, I'm noticing a lot of, I don't know, maybe you should talk to someone. Maybe that's something you could say to a friend. It might, it might help you to talk to a therapist about this because I notice like the same thing and I see how unhappy it makes you. And honestly, it bums me out too. Yeah. Maybe there's a soft way to say it, you know, It's a, a bit of a hard thing because the reality is this person isn't going to change. But you're going to have to have a talk. They're this kind of person. 
they they get off on some weird emotional subconscious level on agonizing over exes and they're going to get incredibly defensive if you bring it up directly but that said i think you're right natasha you do need to bring it up directly and you go you know it's been two years and and like i know that you're still hurting over this guy but it's just a lot for me to emotionally deal with processing this with you still i love you i want to be your friend but i feel like from for you know from for now maybe when you want to talk about this guy you find like a a a therapist or someone else that can help you process this because from what i'm seeing you're not getting over this and it's not fun to always talk about the same topic this would be hard i mean you might lose a relationship over this that's why i wouldn't go as far as you i would err more on like it might might be good for you to talk to someone maybe that's what it is maybe you start there you say you know i think okay what do you think of this tosh next time they bring it up you know you say you know i noticed you've been talking about this for a few years now and it doesn't seem to be getting better maybe you you should find somebody like a therapist to talk to about this don't say the part i don't want to hear it anymore you say that the first bring up right Mm. maybe you should find a therapist to talk to about this okay oh well maybe i'll think about it but he just fucked me over so hard you go okay (laughs) the next time they bring it up you deflect you say did you ever look into finding a therapist about this and then change the subject to something else see if it works and then if they refuse to take the hint then they are not being a good friend to you they are not friending you they are using you as a emotional uh, well in which to pour all of their unresolved resentment and anger and maybe it's time to look into getting a little bit of distance yeah, you have to spend a little less time with her. Yeah, start off by saying a subtle hint, like I don't want to talk about this anymore. I think you should talk to a therapist. Next time they bring it up, re-bring up the therapist. Do that a few times. If they won't take the hint, then you say, you know, this is a lot for me to deal with emotionally. And unless we can find something else to talk about, I might need to take a little space. Natasha. That's so hard to say. I would. Oh, it's almost impossible. Let's move on. Okay, all right, so... I got one here. All right, go. Hi, Endless Honeymooners. I'm hoping to get some advice about my boyfriend's brother's infidelity. My boyfriend's brother's infidelity. I'm not exactly sure about all the details in the specific timeline, but the immediate family, mom, dad, boyfriend, and I, and the wife, know that the brother cheated on his wife, who recently gave birth to their first child. So this cheating-ass chump head (laughs) either... I like that phrasing. This cheating-ass chump head either cheated on her when she was pregnant or shortly after she gave birth, and since we have all found out, they are trying to work it out, I'm sure, for the sake of their child. It's We're going on a family dinner next weekend for the cheater's birthday. I like how he's just a cheater now. <laughs> I don't really want to spend any time with said cheater because I have no respect for him, and frankly, he grosses me out, but I'm going to support the family. I feel uncomfortable around the cheater, and we all seem to be pretending that this never happened. It's really weird for me because I come from a family where we openly roast each other, call people out, and are more open than this upper white class family that I'm now a part of. Got it? You're Jewish. How can I get over this? Any tips would be greatly appreciated. I hate putting on an Oscar performance, pretending that I enjoy conversing with this piece of shit cheater every time I see him, but I also want to be a supportive partner to my boyfriend. Thanks. Love the pod. So everybody knows except the wife? No, everybody knows. The wife included. And they're trying to work it out. This is in the solidly in the category of not your business. Right. Mind your business. Eyes on your own paper. Keep it moving. Do you need to chum out with this guy i mean how much time are you spending with your boyfriend's brother i mean it's like (laughs) 
just like, okay, you don't need to like. Well, she's afraid maybe that her boyfriend will be like that. Or she, who knows what she's I afraid I feel bad of. for her boyfriend if he cheats on her, that cheating ass chump. Cheating ass chump head. I mean, the truth is like this, they're working it out. Whether you respect the decision to work it out or not isn't really, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. you right. Know? It's really hard to judge another person's relationship. Like if they, you know, they might, they might have kids. Maybe there's a really, a, a, a a reason they need to make it work and it's a sacrifice on both sides maybe even more on the woman i don't know like it's just not your business i mean it's this, not yeah it's not your business this person is the opposite of the last person last person doesn't want um is a clean a clean nice lady that doesn't like drama but but this writer is a messy bitch that loves drama and she, she's getting all into the, like, timeline and the, the drama, what a piece of shit this guy is. But in reality, like, yeah, he might be a piece of shit, but it ain't really your business. Mm-hmm. Focus on the man that's serving you the dong and <laughs> take space from the boyfriend. At the, sit far away. I, I, it's astounding how many problems with families can be solved by choosing a good seat at the restaurant. Just move to the end of the table so you don't have to talk to him. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Hey, Tosh. Yamosh. A lot of our listeners have been asking, do we have a favorite shapewear brand? Hmm, in fact, I do. What's it called? Honey Love. Tell me about it, honey. I love it. Well, I like their Super Power Short, which is helping girls everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. Like, your mom got me compression socks. She and, did? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where I first fell in love with the idea of compression wear. I heard it lifts the butt. Is yeah. that true? Well, they actually call it a booty lifter. I call it hooks the butt up with a lift. Boots bands on the back. Boost bands. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom amazing shape. Now, you don't need that. Your bottom already has amazing Honey, shape. everybody needs it. We've all been there struggling to take off a tight piece of shapewear with a bathroom line out the door. Well, their shapewear has 100% cotton gusset, so you can skip the extra undies. Plus, it has a convenient opening in the panty area for super easy bathroom. No costume change required. Now, that's what I call easy access. Most you sound way too excited about this. They also have bodysuits with 360 degrees bonded compression that smooths your tummy and hips. If you have not tried compression wear, you have to try it. It's like a whole new world. Ladies, it's about to be wedding season. And if you feel like you need to compress or lift that booty, try Honey Love. Also, uh, I have to say one more thing. Yeah. Uh, But not in the voice that you're using. I'm just reading copy. Another thing I hate is underwire. And they have built-in bust support, which lifts without the underwire. They could have called me. I would have lifted booties and supported busts for free. But Honey Love is as close to free as you're going to get thanks to the Endless Honey Moon because you can treat yourself to the best shape we're on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com. Treat yourself to the best shape we're on the market. Save 20% off with the code HONEYMOON. Use code HONEYMOON at honeylove.com. Okay, I got one. Hi, big fan of the pod. My boyfriend has hilarious friends, both male and female. However, I was not gifted with the humor gene. We laugh a ton together and have a lot of fun, but I'm not really a punchline or witty humor kind of gal. I feel insecure, and I know he thinks his friends, female included, are 10 times funnier than me. What to do? Should I be insecure, or is it best that he gets different things from other people in his life? I know I can't be everything. 
Thanks. Love you guys. A. I mean, this is obvious. What do you think? She should become funnier. No. She should become, like, go to a class. Oh, my and, God. And, like, just start throwing out lots and lots of jokes at, at functions. Just, like, <clears throat> constantly trying to be funny. That's always cool. Listen, I'm friends with a lot of comedians. And one thing I'll know, it, one thing I've seen is, like, a lot of male comedians I know, their wives have these great laughs. And they're always <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, oh, I that's why you married them. They're just like always laughing. Like DTL. They, yeah, down to laugh. And like, I think that just being down to laugh. Uh, yeah, there's a reason he's dating. good enough. There's a reason he's dating you and not and them. everyone. And don't be insecure. I mean, he's dating you, not them. He obviously thinks you're awesome. You don't need to be his friends. That's why he has friends because there's something else. Well, I don't want uh, my, my wife to be in my video game chat text group i don't want to i don't want to play apex legends with natasha <clears throat> i get different things out of my friends and that's why they're my friends and she's my lover so this is easy don't feel insecure he likes you or he wouldn't be dating you mm -hmm. all right here's another one dear natasha and moshe i love your podcast and all the advice you give my question is do i keep dating a guy who has recently become depressed because he lost his job he's not sure his direction in life or his next steps we've only been dating for a month and a half but the first few weeks of dating he was a happy funny dude we get along really well there's lots of chemistry we had a lot of fun times together but the last couple weeks he has been open about how he's not present and he can't focus and he feels depressed also he said that we started dating during this weird transition phase in his life uh but he still wants to show up for me we're taking things much slower now. I really do enjoy his company. We still have fun, but I'm getting worried. Should I give this new relationship a timeline? Because I don't want to base it on his potential. Or do I wait until he gets a job and becomes less of a downer? Thanks. Love you both so much. Okay. Well. Ugh, this is so hard. So basically, the guy's depressed and simultaneously saying, let's slow things down. Yeah, that was the red flag. I mean, the depression seems like it could be very temporary and you could just wait and see you know but this whole i'm i met you at a transition phase in my life that's given a red flaggies so if they live together what do you suggest does she like go somewhere for two weeks or something i just think that that the the he is giving her clear indications that he is not quite ready mm. but because maybe what looks like depression is him kind of wanting her out of the house or something or, or who no i'm sure he's just in a phase of transition he probably is telling the truth but part of that transition is depression and part of it is not being sure he wants to be in a relationship so i think this one is if the bread ain't ready don't take it out of the oven i think you'll get a lot more information in a very few amount of weeks give it another month if it at the end of the month things haven't changed it's probably not the guy for you at this time yeah because also maybe maybe you met him on maybe this depressed person is who he is you only knew him for like a month in a good mood. Maybe he was like, I don't know. And that's not to say you can't be in a relationship with people that struggle with depression. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that that might not be the guy for her. Yeah, exactly. I think give it another give it another month, see where things are. Uh, but that but but that second comment that's a good old big old red flag red flagaroo. All right, Tosh, take it away. Hello, my name is Jason, and I'm a coward that doesn't want to appear on your podcast but I have a problem that I think many people might struggle with and I'm not sure what to do. I've been living with my fiancé for five months now. In general, we like to go to bed together at the end of the night, but some nights, maybe once or twice a week, I'm just not sleepy or want to stay up later than her playing my games. And this sounds exactly like Moshe and 
and or watch TV she doesn't like. Same with Moshe. This will make her very upset, sometimes escalating to her either getting very angry at me or crying herself to sleep in the other room Same thinking that I don't love her Same anymore. Oh my God, I'm actually good because I don't do this. I mean, yeah, this is unstable <clears throat> and behavior. And I'm going to break up <laughs> This is not something you should brag about. Oh wow, I don't cry myself to sleep screaming you're going to break up with me. All of her insecurities are coming out despite my reassurances that I love her. <clears throat> in the cold light of day, I ask her why she gets so upset and she doesn't really have an answer. Note, I don't believe the severity of her reaction has anything to do with her cycle, just to nip that in the bud. Do you have any advice for what I for what I or we could do to help the situation? Yeah. Also, he thinks this is common. Uh, <laughs> He's like, many other people might be struggling with this. Everybody has that experience where you're like, honey, I'm going to go watch Rambo. And she's like, <laughs> why? Why don't you love me? I mean, when Moshe does that, I just... Make sure that I have a sleep mask and he has some earbuds. Jason. Yeah. You know, that is interesting because I was going to suggest that the solution Why is... Why is she crying? The solution is very obvious, which is therapy. Therapy is for this. Really? But if you don't want to face that, maybe you're right, Natasha. The other possible solution is bluetooth headphones bluetooth headphones where you stay in bed with her but you still watch the stuff but i think therapy you need is to the talk answer. about that if she's bawling I mean, saying that you're gonna break up with me because you want to watch you know this is first blood have you ever heard the phrase natasha if it's hysterical it's historical now i know we don't use the word hysterical anymore because it's got some kind of misogynistic undertones but i think that the phrasing is so um cute and alliterative that it's worth saying if it's hysterical, it's historical. This is not normal. This is not about you watching TV. There's something wrong that has something to do with something else. Maybe her childhood. Who knows? And there is a very obvious solution when something is this far outside of the norm. It's to get a third party with a degree to sit and listen and get to the bottom of what's going on here. Because this shit ain't normal. She's fucking gnashing her teeth and ripping her nightgown because you are decided to go play some fucking Call of Duty. This shit is nuts. <laughs> That's a no right there. So you think that's, we should have like a category like, like, um, seek professional help. That's an automatic talk space who are actually a sponsor of our podcast. Yeah. May, maybe we should give a uh, giveaway, a talk space. Um, oh, like bo if something's bad enough, we give a bonus free session on talk space. <laughs> Honestly, this, this kind of thing, I don't think the emotional stuff could be solved in one session, but figuring out what's going on and that it doesn't have anything to do with you watching TV could literally be solved in one session. Like, it, you know, as in naming it. I, there's no therapist on earth that's going to listen to this story and go have you thought about watching less tv some nights it's just like going to become very obvious that she's dealing with something that probably has to do with some unresolved trauma from her childhood and you'll now know ah we are empowered to know that this is not about the tv it's got something else now we can work on it all right you got another one Moshe? yeah okay here we go greetings natasha Moshe, and laura do not can i just make a request when you write in to the podcast do not greet or even reference laura it like it disrespects the work that we do as as the hosts of this podcast it disrespects all of the imdb credits the two of us have all the work that we've done in the um, amateur professionals uh, uh psychi psychiatric professional space and it's just like rude it's straight up rude okay laura's here and now she's all like fucking high and mighty i saw her grin a little bit when when you greeted her and it was not cool so don't do that anymore don't treat Laura like she's a person. Treat her like she's a cog in the machine that is the Endless Honeymoon. You agree, Natasha? 
No. Okay. Greetings, Moshe, Natasha, and Laura. 2022 was a big year for me. I got a new job. My wife and I bought a house, and I moved to a small village in upstate New York after more than a decade in New York. I'm white. I'm just kidding. I added that, but it seems pretty obvious. But my wife is still primarily in the city. Her job pays well, and she enjoys it. Eventually, she'll join me full-time upstate, but in the interim, we're trading weekends a week here or there when our schedules allow. Our relationship is strong. We've been together 20 years at this point, but we're not, and we're not suspicious of each other, and we both look forward to the time we share. But I think we're both failing to really show each other that we're still attracted to each other. We have sex, but it takes time for us to remember that it's even an option or a thing we're allowed to do together. Any advice on things we could do to reinvigorate a sense of passion? Thanks. Colin. Why does he say it takes time for us to remember that it's even an option or a thing we're allowed to do together? I guess I get it. He's saying like they're so in the like, you know, the 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 grind of their lives and the commute and the back and forth that they sometimes forget like, oh, we could have sex. And so it becomes almost like rote, you know, it's like mm. the, the not having sex is almost habitual at this point. I see. What so you, you have to do what you're not doing. Break the habit. Break the habit. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that they have a, uh, an organic space to, to do it, which is that they are now in the point where they only see each other ever so, every so often. I, I think I, I don't mind scheduling it. You think that's, there's nothing wrong with that? I do it. You do, you, you do, do you do it? Sometimes. You schedule it? I'm just saying I don't think that's bad. No, I don't think it's that bad either. I mean, I don't think I'm it's not that saying you can never have a spontaneous combustion sex session, a spontaneous but bust. it's good to also know like when is good for both of you where like one's not too tired and one's right. not it's not like in the morning and the kids are there or you know, like what sometimes you do have to like figure it out and then maybe make that a thing and Maybe it's like at two o'clock or I, I don't know, like when. I think this is cool, though. This I agree with you. I, you'll, you'll, we'll say things like, uh, you know, uh, I'm around today if you want to hit me up, kind of stuff like that. They could do that. But I think this isn't their problem because we're around each other a lot. These guys, they have like a built in reunion. Mm. So it feels like if you just said out loud, you know, when we get back together, when we see each other after having not seen each other in a while, you know, that's when, when it's time for L.M., for lovemaking, then every time she comes to visit or every time you go into the city, you guys could get to boning. That feels good. Reinvigorate a sense of passion. I mean, there's that obvious advice, you know, which is that you like do something different sexually, you know, like dress up or buy some toys or go to like a workshop or watch porn together or some, something that like makes things new again. But I think just, just saying like, you know, our new tradition is that when, since we now live far away from each other during the week, when we see each other, you know, or the first thing we do is go in and get to banging. And do you think that will reinvigorate a sense of passion? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think like... I think sometimes people want to have what that feeling that was at the beginning of the relationship, right. you know, 20 years in, and I don't know. NR, NRE. What? New relationship energy. Very hard to create new relationship energy in a 20-year-old relationship. But the advantage that you have is intimacy and the ability to talk about things and the ability to, like, you know, make a plan that you don't have in the, at, a, at a new relationship energy thing. The good news about 
old relationships is you're not like going, uh oh, I just realized this person's totally toxic. You know the person. I I, I like O R E. O R E is good. It's different than N R E, but it's good. It's got its own kind of thing, its own rhythm. Is is lustful passion at the top of it? No. <laughs> but 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 I think that yeah, O R E is good. Or go yeah. mining for ore. That's what I say. All right, Moshe. Well, I'm glad that we're able to help people who don't believe me. I wouldn't call in. I don't want my face on Fuck on no. camera. Fuck no. Um. So thank you guys, and uh, I would like to hear some secrets. Let's do some secrets. We'll get back to the letters. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know what I think when I think of Dad? Uh, what? What's that now? Marijuana's, but not quite. Dad grass. It's like smoking a dube without smoking your entire brain. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. And let's face it, it's crazy enough out there in the world. Weed shouldn't send your world spinning. Ditch the paranoia and take a toke of something low-dose and highly enjoyable. Dadgrass harkens back to the mellow joints of the 70s to keep your soul light and your head right. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC, but very high in CBD. So you can enjoy the effects of cannabis while keeping a clear head. Not looking to toke, Dadgrass also offers the finest tinctures and gummies on the market. All the mellow goodness, no smoke required. And all Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners... 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash honeymoon. Go to dadgrass.com slash honeymoon for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash honeymoon. Hi, Moshe Natasha. I have a pretty gross secret that happened when I was about, I don't know, three or four. I remember being in my mom's bathroom and looking in the trash and seeing a piece of candy. It was strawberry and I remember licking it, and oh, then no. it was actually her tampon. Oh, so. oh no! That's my secret. Oh Thanks. no! Bye. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, sucking on chili dog. Ew! Outside the tasty freeze. Oh that no! It's really rough. She, she was licking her sister. Hey, you know what? Honey, I hope that was funnier than you gave credit to. She was licking her sister. How was she licking her sister? Her sister that could have been. Ew. <laughs> Moshe. Oh, no. Okay, listen. Don't go rifling. Don't go rifling. I used to. Don't go I've, chasing waterfalls. I've definitely, like, looked in a trash can once once or twice in my life. Then I was like, oh, you know what? Don't, don't go rifling. To, don't go rifling. You mean when you were a kid? Just, yeah, or I don't know. Just, like, look, look into, you know, I don't know. I found something crazy in your trash can the other day. What? 14 used condoms. <laughs> And I was, it was a weekend I was out of town in D.C. I came home. 14 used condoms. They were full, too. I've definitely gotten furniture out of the trash. Oh, well, that's different. You're talking about dumpster diving. I'm just saying, rifling in general is bad. Don't go chasing rifles. Yeah, don't go, don't go through his stuff. She's don't go through on, his diary. Don't go through his ponds, though. She's over here licking on ponds. Don't go through the garbage can. Licking on ponds? That's disgusting. Holy manoli. That's a, that's, that's a, woo wee. But your mom should have probably wrapped it up. That's a tangy secret right there. That is a tangy secret. All right, let's move on. Hi, Natasha and Mosh. 
So I have a pretty lame secret. Um, I've been a vegetarian for about eight years now and a vegan for two years. And I'm also like the world's biggest pushover and people pleaser, specifically for old white grandma types. I I think I have some grandma issues that I need to work through. Um, but uh, I was going to my normal coffee shop that I've been a regular at for a while now, and I've gotten to know the old white lady owner pretty well. Um, she's kind of become my grandma. So I walked in the other day, and she was so incredibly excited to share with me the new ham salad recipe that she had just gotten off of Pinterest, and she was so excited for me to try it so she could put it on the menu, and I couldn't say no to her. I couldn't muster up the word, I'm a vegan. So I let her hand spoon feed me a mouthful of cubed ham. And I think that's the first time I ate ham in about 10 years. Um, So I gagged it down because I didn't want to hurt her feelings and proceeded to vomit in my car. So, yeah. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, she did it for the old lady. For the old white lady. I love the fact that she's like, I'm really sympathetic to old white grandmas. Now, <laughs> you bring me a Latina grandma. I'm like, uh, Juanita, you get that carnitas the fuck out of here. You're uh, soy un vegan. But if it's an old white lady. So cubed ham with Miracle that Whip is going fucking down. Gnarly. You would have been, you should have been lucky. You would have been lucky if it was an old Latina grandma because the pork product you would have gotten would probably have been a hell of better. Instead, you're over here eating fucking ham salad with deviled deviled ham why is she spoon feeding her why can't you say i don't eat ham yeah that is weird that is shit is crazy maybe she doesn't want to try to explain to a 90 year old what a vegan is at the expense of vomiting in her car because she (laughs) ate some deviled ham i mean this is awful oh god you gotta that is really funny and not a lame secret an awesome this was a good one that one took us on a journey. But then well, how do you get the ham out of the car? And did what you about enjoy next it at time? all? But- what about next time when she's like, I got a BLT this month. <laughs> oh, guess what? It's it's pork loin. I mean, you're fucked now. Because now what are you going to say next time? Oh, I'm a vegan. But too late. Don't let these old white ladies dominate you. They're fucking toxic. Older white women are fucking toxic and they need to be destroyed. I think if there's one message that this podcast sends over and over again, it's that elderly white women need to be wiped off the face of this planet. And you could take that to the bank. All right, let's play another secret. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. I have a pretty silly secret for you. So me and my friends went to go see a show at the Knockout in San Francisco. And there's this guy there who just like trying to make a pit start but like he's just shoving every woman in the crowd essentially and so i'm like (laughs) fuck this guy obviously (laughs) so things start getting a little crazy and he like shoves me and pushes like my glasses come off of my face in the process and i just like see red and so i grab my glasses and like somehow i have perfect aim when i'm really mad and so i grabbed my beer that was still half full and i went to go throw it in his face but and I'm not sure if this is intentional at all. <laughs> the glass slipped out of my hand and ended up hitting him in the forehead. And he was just like started bleeding profusely because, you know, those head wounds get really crazy. But yeah, then everybody just dispersed and I walked out with my friends and I'm like, man, did you see that guy that got hit with a bottle? That was crazy. And it was me. And I still feel good about it. 
That's my secret. That's the problem with a guy like that, though, is like you can't really get revenge on him. Like, you know that dude was stoked. He's like, last night was fucking raw. This chick, I fucking shoved her, and she slammed me in the head with a with a pint glass, and I bled everywhere. I'm Gigi Allen, baby. I have no patience for a guy shoving women at a bar. You're not a big mosh pit gal? He's drunk. You have the vibe of a hardcore slam dancer. Don't do that. And or or have do it with your friends. I mean pits. I I I respect them, but they are not for me. Mosh pits and things like that. I think they're cool from afar. I would like to be in the VIP booth at like a really hardcore punk or metal show where I can look with like opera glasses and be like, oh, the pit is quite active this evening. We're not slamming body slamming women till their glasses fly off. Yeah, that's not good. I'm glad you I'm glad you beamed the guy with the pint glass. Sounds cool. And I honestly think he probably enjoyed it. I uh, I, I threw something at a girl at a bar once. Oh, what'd you throw? A, a beer a bottle. A glove? Or I like, I pushed her with my beer bottle and then like zapped the other way. Oh, nice. It's hot. So she didn't know who did it. Oh. But now I'm thinking when I hear this, I'm like, oh, I could have got like, she could have, if she would, if her friend would have saw that it was me, mm. they could have like come and been in like a physical fight. Hey, you made it through it. That's why my friend Drea calls me little slugger. You are a little slugger, Thank girl. You. you. are, Taj. Little slugger. All right, Natasha, that was three secrets. I think we read a couple more of these letters and then we sail on home. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. Would you say you've had a personal benefit from psychotherapy. Oh, for sure. Same here. 1,000%. And, and our relationship has had a great benefit from talking to someone. And we would like to offer you the opportunity to talk to someone at Talkspace. And also, I don't know if you know this, Moshe, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And Talkspace... I didn't know! The leading virtual therapy provider celebrates every effort you make to improve how you feel and how you live. Even a small step can make a big difference. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. A lot of people know that they're struggling with something, but it's the inertia of getting over the hump of making the decision to talk to someone that keeps them from getting better. We're trying to make that easier for you. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and to celebrate every step you take towards a better, richer, fuller life, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $100 off their first month. And with talk space. Also, there's no need to commute to appointments. You don't have to miss time at work or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. You can just sign up, get per- get a personalized match, and usually that's within 48 hours. We do all our stuff online, online, and I'm loving it. I'm not trying to go sit in a waiting room and make eye contact with somebody that's struggling with sexual compulsivity who came out of the appointment before me. So, go to Talkspace.com slash Honeymoon to match with a licensed therapist today. Talkspace.com slash Honeymoon to get $100 off your first month and show support for this show. That's Talkspace.com slash Honeymoon for $100 off. Hey guys, I'm a longtime listener whose life is in major turmoil. To get right to the point, I need advice on how to tell my therapist I really need her to step up her game because I'm not getting much out of our sessions lately. For context, I've been going to therapy with this particular therapist for over five years. I really love seeing her and feel like we've built a good working relationship and it feels like talking to a friend. However, my life as of the past few months has been particularly difficult and I've been struggling quite a bit. 
in September, I ended a six-year relationship with my partner who I lived with and moved into my own apartment, living on my own for the first time ever. A few days after ending the relationship, I found out via Instagram that my best friend of 16 years had gotten married and not told me or invited me and had stopped talking to me a few months ago before without any reason that I'm aware of. This resulted in me losing a second 16-year-long friendship when I tried to find out why I wasn't invited. And with all that, I'm having issues with my family relating to my breakup. With all that going on, I feel like my therapist just sits back and lets me vent without challenging me or giving me action items to help me move forward. In the past, she was much more involved, but I feel that she might think I don't need as much direction from her as I've been in therapy for too long. But I'm having trouble functioning day to day and need tools that will help me rebuild and move forward. I really like her and don't want to switch therapists, the obvious answer, (laughs) and start that process all over. We've put in years of work and I don't want to lose that whole foundation. I'd love Moshe and Natasha's take on how to confront my therapist without creating an awkward situation or hurting her feelings thanks so much and hope to hear from you soon i mean imagine coming up to your therapist and being like hey listen i need you to care more yeah about me have you and my of, and my day-to-day dealings it's you, never gonna happen have you thought about being a better therapist i mean this is obvious i know you don't want to switch therapists but it's so clear that you've gotten into a groove with your therapist where you guys are more friends than you are in a therapeutic relationship and you need to take big actions in order to get big results get and, a new therapist and also i think it's it's beneficial to sometimes start over because you know you might ha- your your current therapist might have some outdated views of yourself and you might have some outdated views of yourself and so starting over doesn't t- it takes less time than you think absolutely you know you've kind of exhausted things with this one and maybe there's like a new version of your life story now to tell to this new person and and I think that you can put put them on warning too. You can say, you know, listen, I've just noticed that I'm requiring a little bit more um, than you're giving, or I, I don't know. I feel like we're going over and over in the same same territory, and not much is changing. So I, I, I was thinking I, I might look into changing therapists, but nothing personal. And I, I really like you. And maybe do you have a referral? Yeah, it's a dub. You right could ask there. her for a referral. How about three words? Talkspace.com. I'm just yeah. saying, get. Shake it up. Yeah, you have Your life to. has been shaken up. You are shaken up. But are you friends with this person? Because that's why you shouldn't be friends with your therapist. Well, when you see them for too long. My mom's been going to the same therapist for like 25, 30 years. And I just do not think that anything therapeutic is happening. It's just the same conversation over I and over again. I always switch it up. Switch it up. All right. Uh, Natasha, what's next? Hi. Recently, the guy I've been messing around with told me that he likes to be degraded during sex and encouraged me to spit on his face. Natasha. What? If you want to talk about something in our personal relationship, the, the choice of writing into Laura with an anonymous email is super uncool. You know that I'd Good identify one, this. He told me this while we were having drunk sex. Okay. I'm pretty shy, but I'm also kind of definitely a nympho. Cool. I've always been a sub- but I'm interested in exploring this new side of sex. Perfect. I'm mostly soft-spoken and really polite, so degrading someone doesn't come naturally. But if it's what he's into, then I want to try it out. Any tips or advice? Yes, I got tips. Two words, pig boy. That's his new name. You call him pig boy, you smack him around a little bit, he's going to love it. No, I actually do. What do you think here, Natasha? If I said to you, hey, Tosh, I really like it. I've never told you, but I really want you to like kind of dominate and degrade me. Do you think you could do it? Well, and I mean, not the way that you do it in our interpersonal life when we're not having sex. I mean, if, like if you would have told me that when we first met, I would have done it. 
Mm, but it's too late. <laughs> oh, this is ORE. This is the problem with ORE right here. It's too late. In in older relationship energy, you can't start. You can't restart the dominatrix vibe. I mean, this one feels like yeah. I got some tips for you to dominate the guy, but I don't know if it'll if they'll come naturally to you. I what what seems right here mm-hmm. and obvious, not obvious. But what could really be cool for this person who is not a natural dominant person in sexual situation is to do like a little Zoom workshop with like a with a dominatrix. I'm sure that that's an option. I mean, I know that that's an option. Take a little class. I think it'd be cool. You could even turn your Zoom camera off so you don't have to deal with the embarrassment. So she doesn't have to hire a dominatrix. Can't she just like, isn't there like porn that she can look at? She could watch porn. She could read a book. I'm sure there's a book on how What's to... What's a search word for like to watch, like just like... D- dominatrix like to not i'm just saying i think a workshop or a book would actually give tips because this person isn't gonna look i mean you look at porn right the problem with looking at porn is i I mean i do actually recommend looking at porn when it comes to um oral sex Uh, if you're interested since uh porn is all from a male gaze you just look at uh blowjob uh, videos and then you will see what men like and then you can decide what you're comfortable with i do actually recommend that but the problem with things like dominant like dominating and uh, bdsm is like you know it's a pretty high bar you know and it can probably feel uncomfortable and if you're looking at like one of the world's best right it's like looking at going like i've been thinking about getting into basketball and somebody's like oh you should go check out clips of lebron he's good at basketball you know what i'm saying if you watch porn you're watching like the best but if you go to like a little workshop or you read a little book they're talking to people like you they're talking to beginners you know you need bdsm for dummies can two subs, because he's clearly a sub and she said that's what she is too, can they can they find uh, eternal, endless love? That is an interesting question. Could two subs find each other and one become a switch? You know, I don't know. I've never, I've never, if, I, I'll tell you this, if um, your thing was dominating me, I couldn't get into it. It wouldn't be for me. But this person doesn't seem, she seems excited by it right this person seems excited um by the by the possibility mm. uh, actually i don't know if it's a woman there's no clear gender uh, here but i don't know if it's a woman but this person seems like they're kind of like titillated by the idea of coming out of their submissive um, default mode and going into a more dominant mode submissive yet nympho submissive um, submissive yet horny but interested good as dan savage says good giving and game mm. and so i say read a book take a class Natasha says, watch some porn to get some pointers. I think that could be uh, perhaps like going to graduate school to try to learn to read. But I could be wrong. Take a class. That's what I say. Uh, Grab him by the throat. He told you what he likes, by the way. Spit on his face. Call him names. That's very obvious what he's into. Tell him he's got a little boy, little boy dingo. And uh, say he's pathetic. He'll love that. He'll bust so hard. All right. Uh, here's another letter. Hi, you two. Love the podcast. Wanted your perspective. I'm the last single one standing out of my friends as we approach our late 20s. I'm 28. All of my good uh, girlfriends are either in serious relationships or engaged. Nobody has kids yet. Thank God. All of my friends just spend their time with their significant others. Nobody invites me out for dinners or drinks anymore as they are often reserved for couples time. I feel resentful towards my friends because I want to be included as well. And I like going out on the weekends too. I've talked to them personally quite a few times and made it clear that I miss them and want to spend quality time with them on our days off. After hearing me out and agreeing, I feel like nothing has changed. Is it just time to accept it and find new friends? JJ. That sucks. It does suck. But it's one of the suck parts of life that is like universally true. When people get in relationships, they kind of disappear into relationship land. It just happens. Okay, I have an idea. What if 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 this person JJ wants a partner, 
could they tell each friend and say, hey, well, you know, just so you know, I am on the market. So if you want to set, set up, a, up a double date, because that clearly seems to be their language. You could kill two birds with one stone. Smart. And maybe, you know, choose from the pool that is there. I, I don't know. It's just... You could mention that. I think this is a three-prong attack, and I think yours is brilliant. Tell all your friends, set me up with someone, and you can go out on double dates with them. That'd yeah. be kind of fun. Prong two is start calling your friends and asking them if they want to hang out instead of waiting for them. You know, the resentment, sometimes you get so hurt and self-conscious that you're like, well, they'll call if they want to hang out with me. But don't do that. Call them and invite them out. And prong three, you already know. Try to find some new friends that are single. Go find a new group. Then you don't have to... This is not binary. You don't have to stop hanging out with your old friends in order to make new friends. You can do it all. You might be leaning a little too much on how things used to be, Ooh, and they're yes. just not the same anymore, you know? And that doesn't mean that you can't still have meaningful fun times and vacations and dinners, but it won't be at the rate it was when you were young. It's just what happens. And when you get kids, it's even less, you know? But so also don't buy into the narrative that they're doing this because they don't like want to spend time with you anymore they're like in their weird like illusion relationship fog and they don't even notice they're doing it i almost guarantee it it's not that all your friends have turned on you that was um the person earlier who needed a new therapist it is that your friends are just like in this fog of relationship and you just need to like forge your own path that's what i say Okay, let's do one more. One more, all right. And then we have to go pick up our child. Sounds good. That's not true. Interesting lie. No, we have to go to pick... Her school's going to be... She's going to be done with school. She's done with school in uh, two hours and 30 minutes. But Natasha, Watch, never tell the truth. Have you ever heard truth. of like movie magic? N never tell the truth when a lie will do. Why don't we just... We, you know, our listeners know that we end the podcast. I know, but there's like more, but I can't get to them hey, all. sorry. So. I, honestly, can we read this last letter? Because I have to go to... I have a doctor's appointment. <laughs> I have a lump. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. I'm a longtime listener, first-time emailer. Love you both so much. I feel like Natasha in particular could give some great advice in regards to my issue as a fellow 411 girl, girly. So here goes. My issue is this. I'm 29 years old, but very petite and baby-faced. I'm 4'11 and not blessed in the curves department. So everywhere I go, from work to bars, coffee shops, anywhere I go, some asshole always feels the need to say, oh my God, you look 12. They let you in here? I got to see your ID, etc. Now I realize these people, idiots, just exist and it can't be helped. But it has affected how I feel as a woman, if I'm being honest. All my life, the comments like, wow, bro, don't hit on her. What are you, a pedo? She's like 10, have made me feel like I'm not a proper woman somehow. I brush them off in the moment, but they do start to seep in and mess with my confidence after a while. I have a boyfriend of nearly four years now who is very much attracted to me and sees me as a woman. So my problem isn't that I want men to find me sexy. It's more that I want to feel womanly and sexy and not be treated like a child everywhere I go, especially at work. It's not something I've put zero effort into. I always dress nicely, maybe even a bit more mature than my peers. Not at all like a kid. I speak as eloquently and thoughtfully as I can with customers. So often they often know I'm not job jo so they so they know I'm not job shadowing. And I do get asked if I'm job shadowing often. <laughs> People always tell me I'll love getting these comments as I get older, for sure. Maybe when I'm 70, I'll be thrilled if someone calls me 12. I don't know. For now, I just want to stop being called pedo bait and kiddo. <laughs> 
I mean, that's not that much to ask. <laughs> so what can I do to get that 5'10 tall girl respect, confidence, and aura? Any advice or thoughts would be appreciated. Thanks so much for doing the pod and for all the laughs. Thank you both, Mackenzie Bezos. Whoa, that's Mackenzie Bezos? I mean, that's no wonder she feels like less than a woman because she's got all that Amazon trips to Mars to deal with. No, she's not 4'11". She's tall. She's got that tall girl energy. Um, you're a t- short girl. What do you think about this? I mean, you definitely have the confidence and are treated as a woman, though. You know, I don't think that I... But you were also blessed in the curves department. She got a thang on her, this Natasha. I got to tell you guys. I guess my butt maybe saved me from people thinking I was a child. Yeah, this person obviously needs to get a Brazilian butt lift. I mean, that would solve all of your problems. <laughs> I think that, first of all, you here's what's important. You have someone, and he's super attracted to you. Right. It's like, would you want the world to bend to not be obnoxious anymore? Kind of good luck energy over here, you know? I mean, you could say, you could start standing up for yourself when people say stuff. You could say very bluntly, hey, I really don't like comments like that. They don't make me feel good to people in the streets. But then you're going to be fighting this war every time you go out. So basically, she looks like a 17-year-old in a suit when she goes to work. Right. And people are like, oh, look at you. Look at you. Where's your mom? Are you on uh, take your kid to work day? I mean, maybe this girl should, um, this woman, pardon me. Should shave her pubic hair? That could help. Why? I'm just kidding. Um, it might make her feel a little more tough, though. If she had no pubic hair? I don't think that's a solution. I was kind of <laughs> doing an ironic joke there. I would say maybe grow it way out. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I think that I think that you're right. Like, there are... I, There are certain situations where the world isn't going to ever treat you fair. And now she kind of... I mean, you kind of know that at this point in your life. Like, unfortunately for you you are going to get these comments for the rest of your life. It sucks and it is unfair, but it isn't changeable because you can't, the only thing you can do is react to the people that are being inconsiderate and say again and again, hey, I really don't like comments like that. Hey, I really don't like comments like that. Hey, I really don't like comments like that. That would do the trick, but it would also be so much work that I think the, that I think finding self-accept, I mean, you are a woman. I mean, obviously you're a grown woman, you're in a relationship, you know, and learning to love yourself as you are. I think that's the secret, right? I think I have such a hard exterior because I was always like trying to stick up for myself and saying things and having to be more personality because you're overlooked so easily because you're small. So it's hard. But I guess I really do recommend a Brazilian butt lift and like um, some fake jugs. I think that would really solve your problem. I think you can totally like maybe maybe switch up your clothes a little bit. But she's saying she dresses. But this is the part that was that was bothering me about her letter. Is she was saying that her she dresses every day in this like mature pantsuit kind of way. <laughs> like her whole reality is is reactive to this unfairness that she's experiencing from the world. And like real acceptance would be this girl being able to go out in some like you know frozen gear. <laughs> Just kidding. But I mean, but I, I'm making a serious point, but making fun of her at the same time. Real acceptance would be, oh, I'm not going to put on a wool blazer because if I put on like, you know, the, the, like jeans and a t-shirt, people are going to think I'm even younger. I can't wear a baseball cap out because people are going to think I'm even younger. Like real acceptance would be like, this is what I want to wear today. Like stop. Um, this is what I feel. Stop setting your reality in order to um, 
compensate for the unfairness or the inconsiderateness that you're experiencing in the world and start setting your reality for yourself. That's what I think. You know what I mean? Do you agree with that? Yeah. And I think that how the world sees you, I mean, that's just like spending more time with yourself because harnessing your inner tall girl is going to come from probably time alone and books you're going to read and introspection and you know, experience, it's just, it's all a process. So you're just adding to it and you're becoming more of a woman every year. Everyone is. I mean, yeah, I am. I know I am. That's every for woman sure. is. But it's like, also, you know, there are unfairnesses about biology. I mean, by the way, I mean, this is not, to, I'm not trying to discount this person's frustration and pain, but you know, my mom's deaf. She had to learn how to navigate the world as a deaf woman. And, and that's an unfairness that, that biology gave her. But she doesn't allow it to bring her down or allow the ignorance of uh, hearing society to, to uh, you know, haunt her and occupy her every waking moment. She moves forward. And so I think, like, you know, things could be a lot more challenging. And th- that's easy to say. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be somebody out there that has a more... Uh, intense situation than you but just like being in in gratitude for the body that you have i think that's that's the secret out here and dress however the fuck you want you don't need to be wearing a hillary clinton suit every time you go out just to avoid some bro being like spinner alert there might be like a cute way or a cute style that you haven't thought of that might be even more flattering for you you know so so that you know i I would just like be open to that. Look at look at people who who you people always say you look like or what they're like. You can kind of then look at what some of their style is, or if you see a picture of style you like or a hairstyle that you're like, oh, I know, you know, like start maybe collecting that or spending a little time. Like I don't know, I think maybe like a makeover can also oh, help. Yeah, that's smart. A small one. Yeah, like a Brazilian butt lift. Oh my and god, triple not surgery. But yeah, but you're right. A new hairstyle probably would give her confidence in a different direction what i like about this makeover thing is it would give her confidence that doesn't have to like don't go to the makeover person and go make me look older you know no, you have to find a a A look that you really like like with hair that you think could be similar to yours yeah and and it's like let me get a new look but not one that's specifically informed by my trauma i just want a new look and then you Mm -hmm. can step out and also start riding a unicycle i mean that people that's (laughs) unique or get like a pet parrot and put it on your shoulder like you know start peacocking a little bit Okay, listen, well, if you have a secret, give us a call at 213-222-8608. And now that we've done this special episode, you know that you can write in with your listener-submitted questions via email. You don't have to be on the pod, but we'd love you to have you on the pod, too. If you want to do either of those things, email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon, and we have mugs, robes, beanies, dog, little dog Dog hoodies. uh, hoodies. They're so cute. They are cute. They literally say the word cutie on them. So you know, they're legit. Uh, Natasha, this has been lovely and I love you. I love you too. Even though you're 4'11". It's like every time we make love, I'm thinking pedo alert, you know? (laughs) 